Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Today, we are sitting down with my longtime friend, Mark Boardman of Vortex Optics. He's the host of the Vortex Nation podcast. He's also been a pal of mine for like... 15 years he's incredible he's from washington state originally lives in wisconsin he hunts out west we've shared camp together we're going to talk about all the new vortex drops and you're going to hear it here first we appreciate you guys here we go Welcome to the Oak Shape Podcast Season 6 with your host, Dan the Fitness Man. Thank you for tuning in. We are excited to have you. This is the podcast that is dedicated to hard work, disciplined decisions, and year-round training in the pursuit of the best possible version of ourselves. We leverage elk hunting to create a pathway. We understand that time is finite and we cannot squander a second. We must be leaders at our home. We understand that faith is our number one priority. Then family, then fitness, then health, then wealth. Our year-round disciplined decisions help us leave a legacy for our family to follow. You will leave here motivated, inspired, and educated. We bring on a wide variety of guests subject matter experts so that you can tune in get what you need to get and continue on your journey we are blessed to call ourselves elk hunters season six here we go hi mark boardman what's going on dan we go back dude people don't even know they don't even know it's been a while Mm, yeah good times yeah man so you've been on this pod before um, I've been on your little pod there, your little Vortex Nation. What is the name of your podcast? You guys have what, why? Why you gotta say little? Why it, you gotta say little? Why? Big. Why you gotta? Why you gotta flex on me, Dan? It's better to call it I, little when everyone knows it's big. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. It's sure. not good to call it big and it's little. And y'all know what I'm talking about. 
Hey, you know what, though? That can work, though, because, you know, at that point, everybody's pot committed. God, don't make me spit out my coffee. <laughs> oh, man. How's Wisconsin today? Like, even if it's not what you're going huh? <laughs> this has already gone down the... Anyway. Um, Wisconsin, how are you? We're doing good. We're doing good. Yeah, we've been just, you know, recording on our on our cute podcast that we have over here, Dan, and... Uh, no, uh, it's good, man. It's it's uh, it's cool today. Same, which same here, but like not. I mean, still, I don't know. It's very not ninety five dry heat here. You guys usually are what eighty five humidity. Yeah, I mean, we definitely get a fair amount of that. I'd say this summer's been particularly pleasant. Uh, probably not for the um, for agriculture and stuff like that, but it's been pretty dry. And uh, pleasant temps, not a lot of humidity. Like, it's been a very comfortable summer. Um, but then we also didn't get rain for, like, two months, which I think we'll see how that plays out. Mm. Uh, you like to hunt whitetails in Wisconsin. I do. What's your, what, what are you doing this summer to get ready for November? Because your thing I like about you, Mark, is... You're not afraid to go private, but you're also, man, lately, last few years, you've been knocking them down on public land, which I love too. So what are you doing right now to get ready for November? Man, um, you know, I do a lot of aerial scouting and, you know, probably two years ago, two years ago, I jumped into a lot of spots that I was curious about. And, and honestly, I mean, a lot of stuff was like first time seeing it first sits, which maybe that's not the best way to do it. You know, pick a tree in the dark that you've never seen before and just go for it. (laughs) Um, I did see some deer that way. Uh, and then, yeah, I think I hunted public for like six days and then jumped on a chunk of, uh, private and shot a buck. (laughs) But but uh, I got to explore a lot of stuff and, and, you know, see some spots in person. And I think a lot of that stuff I'm actually going to jump back into this year. I got last year I got, which has never happened to me before. I mean, usually I'm not a, Dan, I'm not a big trail cam guy. Uh, part of it's time. Part of it's because I jump around so much yeah. uh, that I don't take the time to hang camp. I just, I don't know, I just kind of fly by the seat of my pants. Um which might explain my track record. But, um, dude, I got hung up on a deer last year on, on that same piece of private that I killed that buck on the year before. And uh, <clears throat> it was a big deer, dude. Like, it's probably one of the biggest deer I've ever seen in the wild. And I got drawn on him twice oh. in, like, four, in four days of hunting, actually from the same tree. And just both times it didn't work out, and then I never, I never saw him again after that. And uh, it was just like the first day I saw him, like he came. I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's a big deer!" Uh, and I had him at I want to say sixty three, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about shooting. And I'm like, "Ah, it's pretty far." That's pretty far on white tail, especially. And and there were some overhanging limbs, and I'm like, "Man, I just feel like." I need to be patient here. And, and it, I, I still think it was probably the right call. You always wonder like what would have happened, you know, oh, what happened if I shot, you know, maybe I completely miss them. Maybe I, you know, send it into the tree, the overhanging limbs, maybe, you know, whatever. Right. So, but I grunted at him and he started coming. I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is 
crazy. Uh, and he got to, he was just about to turn this corner at like 30 yards. And I drew and like almost like right before I drew, I felt the wind shift and I was like, that's not good. And he hung up behind all that stuff and I could just see a silhouette and then he just trotted off. And then a different time, actually, no, that was the second time that I saw him. The first time I saw him, he was chasing a doe and came rocking by me. And I drew and he actually caught me drawing, which I don't know because he was going like Mach 12 and then he hung up behind a different bush. That's annoying. And then this, he, this deer's he, already he, annoying he, me. Yeah. And I mean, probably the reason that he's still alive, but like he was like a very big old deer. Like I'd say, I mean, he was in excess of 160. Like I think he was a very safe 160. So do you, you know? did you think he was a homer or a roamer? Do you think he just showed up for the rut? Did you go back this year and put cameras out all over the place? Uh, does anyone know what vehicle you drive and where you were parking before we publish this? Things like that. Uh, no. So, um, yeah, I think he's a homebody. I, th- I think, I think that's where he liked to be. Yeah. Uh, and no, Dan, I actually, I didn't, I didn't put any trail cameras, <laughs> which I have been thinking. I, I was thinking about that a lot this week and I was like, eh, I'm late. So I do, I do actually have a couple trail cameras. One I'm probably going to put out there and just see if, uh, see if he's back but um wouldn't hurt i don't think and then do you have like a good entry exit plan for this this is public ground like so this is this is the private spot even this is the private spot better yeah even better yeah. Do you, i should have do you have access? i should have had cameras out forever like do you have access to get it, in get out figured out they're pretty it's, good it's actually pretty bulletproof so sick yeah yeah. So yeah, it's cool. I would have so, a cell camera there if it's legal. Um, yeah, I would. I I just put out maybe three three cameras for deer, whitetail, all public land. I'm just prospecting right now. I don't have a target buck to hunt in 2023. I kind of killed my target buck last year, and he had been my target buck for. That's kind of the ebbs and flow of Dan State and whitetail hunting uh, out west. Here is I. Find a buck and it takes me a couple years to kill them or they disappear or someone else kills them. Um, so like I know in 14, I killed a buck that took me three years to kill uh, on a mountain. And then the very next year, I got a new one um, on camera and I saw him. I just like you, I saw him in real life several times, full draw on him, never got, didn't kill him till 17. And then I'm trying to think, then just last year I killed a another good like these are real like really good mountain bucks um but yeah i've killed i've killed some deer along the way too like as far as like well i don't have a lot of time this year i'm just gonna go down to my private property and i'm gonna shoot a doe and i'm gonna shoot the first four and a half year old buck or whatever but um people tune into this podcast to listen about fitness and elk hunting and here we are just, just- let it happen okay guys let this happen <laughs> i need it i don't have a lot of people to talk to about deer with so let me and Mark do this. Maybe you'll learn something. Maybe you probably won't. But anyways. As we as we drivel on about the lowly white-tailed deer, right, Dan? I love it, man. I love it. So white tails are white t- white tails are fun, man. They're I didn't grow up hunting them, you know? Uh and uh bow hunting whitetails particularly gets in your blood. I mean, there's there's two animals that I think were just like built to be bow hunted, and that's 
white-tailed deer and elk. Like other people would say, you should bow hunt everything, and I don't disagree with that. But man, if I was going to pick, like I love to rifle hunt, I love to muzzleloader hunt, and I love to bow hunt. But the animals that I love to bow hunt, I mean, it's it's elk and whitetails. Mm, I, I I agree. That's it. And for me, the they're so different. Like the physicality of elk hunting, and just when you finally get a shot opportunity or whatever, it's like. <laughs> you've been next to them all day or whatever, and you've worked so hard and you had so many close calls. Whereas like whitetail, a lot of times it's just like one opportunity. It's a seven second window. You weren't expecting it. You were sitting absolutely still on a nice, calm, crisp morning. And when it just, it's the level of excitement that I can't describe to where no matter how long I've bow hunted 20 something years, the whitetail, from an elevated position when I'm just freaks me the F out where I am like a mess, whether I get a shot off or not. And it takes a while to, and I'm shaking and I'm cold or something. And that's like, what just happened to my body? Does that, that should make sense to you. I think. No, it makes perfect sense. I mean, I think, uh, I mean, any, Anytime, like it kind of it gets to be go time, whether you're chasing deer, elk, bears, whatever, like it's exciting. And there's like uh, that uh, you're getting that like rush, you know, that adrenaline rush. But I don't. There is something about I think maybe it's just that static position in the stand. Maybe it's you know like a level of just monotony. You're um, you know alone with your thoughts, like meditate. I mean, you're definitely you're always aware though. Like your senses are your senses are like always just like you know. You, you, you're listening, you're looking, but Non-stop. there's uh the zero to 10,000 when a deer finally shows up or a deer surprises you and you're like, how are you 20 yards away? Like, I, I didn't hear you. I didn't see you. I mean, that's exactly what happened to me two years ago. I was on stand. I was actually, uh, I was facing, I was in my, I was in my climber and I was facing the tree because I was expecting the deer to come through this like, kind of like just gnarly thick stuff and I'm looking down kind of like this lane and then all of a sudden I look I glance down to my right and probably I don't know 17 yards there's a buck like looking up at me and it was actually a buck that I'd seen that morning he came through and I'm like well I'm gonna sit here until dark and if he comes see if he comes back through well sure enough he did but I certainly didn't see him coming and he had me pinned. I'm like, oh gosh, don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact, you know. And uh, and he started to walk and I did a full turn, drew as I turned. He stopped at like 25. I let it rip and and got him. Like, I don't even know. I, I can't actually believe that he didn't fully catch me because, I mean, he was like looking up at me. Yeah. Like, I, I think he, he saw me move up in the tree. <laughs> Definitely. <Yep. laughs> <clears throat> but uh, yeah, he wasn't ready for that little spin move, though. Uh-uh. That's my patented spin spin move, Dan. You got a patent trademarked? <laughs> yeah, Man, I did not know that. Uh, so, Mark is who's older? You or me? I think you might be older by a year. What? Who's older? Uh, I am. I'm older than you by quite a bit, Dan. Actually, but six months. Thank you for the probably like six years. How, okay, are you closer to? F- it's my it's my birthday tomorrow. I, I knew actually you were at press guy. time at press time yeah yeah or maybe not press time at recording time yeah so you and my wife have the same birthday we've talked about this she's, before we have yeah we have so she's turning thirty eight tomorrow what are you turning yeah 
man, I don't want to talk about it. I didn't think is this what this is what this interview's turned into? You're you're not closer to fifty yet, are you? You're forty. No, this year I am, man. I've okay. turned the corner. Forty forty six, Dan. Mark, you there's no Ugh. way you're forty six years old. That's true. It's a true story. I checked the certificate and everything. You, you better double check. You're the four six closer to fifty. <laughs> God, that's I've, a great I've never, number. I've uh, I haven't been known to be a math magician, so uh, maybe I should double check that. But yeah, ugh, that 46. makes that makes you one year younger than John Dudley, who I podcasted with yesterday. And Dudley, oh nice, Dudley still thinks I'm twenty years younger than him. He says that like every time I talk to him, he's like, he'll make a comment <laughs> about like, wow, back when I was your age or that, and I'm like, John, you're literally four years older than me. Like, <laughs> that's it. You know, hey, that's a compliment, man. Because no, you're, I mean, not the way you he look says nice. it. He finds he's not talking about my appearance. He's talking about my, just anyways. And I'm like, nope, John, <laughs> you're four years older than me, buddy. That's it. But uh, so my birthday is the day after yours, and we're kind of having this giant Mark, Alicia, Dan celebration of being on this earth. When's your guys' birthday? That's what we want to know comment below but for real mark happiest birthday tomorrow are you one of those people that takes the day off from work to celebrate yourself uh no so i was just talking about this with with my uh with my wife so like i don't know man like uh yeah it's just like not that big a deal to me um or maybe i'm actually in denial of it at this point (laughs) but uh we were actually saying we should probably do something like honestly, like for the, like at least go out to dinner, recognize, and we generally do that. You know, we'll go out do a little birthday dinner, bring the kids just just to show them. You know, like yeah, you know, make a make the day special in some way for another person or whatever. You know, try and try, try and be some sort of good example in that regard. Yep. But uh, yeah, so we'll probably do a little you know a little dinner tomorrow night. You know, uh, go out to dinner and hang out and. You know, generally go to a spot where the kids actually can get a balloon, uh, and uh, that's about it. Man, Pretty those, mellow. Those Easy. balloons are so key, and it's. But if they pop, that can that can change the trajectory of the night. You're gambling if you do this right. Like you can potentially ruin the evening. You know that. So, yeah, it's a make or break. Good luck with that. Um, this is the first season that I can remember where Mark Boardman didn't bombard me with fitness questions about a month before elk season and (laughs) report all the nagging injuries that are quite serious and you should go see a doctor about and you're like calling me as your doctor um how are you doing this year dr dan haven't heard from you imagine things are knock on wood going good yeah, I think I think they're going okay. Also, I felt bad like peppering you with my questions, so I'm like, I just I can't bother I can't bother Dan with these things anymore. So uh, yeah, doing good. The uh, uh, the monkey bars neck injury seems to be have uh, subsided uh, mostly, or I just you know gave up caring about it. Uh, oh, Dan, you're not like I didn't even want to. Now we're talking about it. We have you to. brought up um, you brought up my ailments. I'm gonna. So I was bear hunting last May. Yep. I took a I took a tumble and uh had a pack on, probably about a sixty five pound pack. Legit. And planted with my left arm, which was like fine, but then when the backpack caught up to me, like my shoulder like did a weird thing. And it's dude, it's still weird. I can draw my bow though. But it's uh it's 
I feel like it's limited some of my oh, damn I was on a tear I was I was so proud you you were gonna be proud of me I was making some gains mm-hmm. you know and uh, yeah a lot of those are gone because I just haven't been able to do the things because of that uh, stupid shoulder but it's feeling a little bit better I actually I tested the waters did a couple push ups last night and it wasn't like too bad you know so want to want to get back in that so I've just been doing uh, man mostly just a lot of pack training. Just walking with pack on. That's Love it. You know, I was like, oh, my, my legs still work. I'll do that. And maybe that's probably the most important thing anyway, right? Amen. Couldn't disagree. You got a lot of props on that desk there of yours I'm kind of interested in talking to you about today. Yeah. You got time for that? Oh, heck yeah. Okay. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, if everybody's done listening, you know, about my ailments, yeah, we could probably get to something like that. Oh, no. I'm going to I'm gonna put you in the hot seat. <clears throat> so, here we go. Sorry, Mark. Oh. Um. So you guys need to understand this about Mark Boardman and I. Like we, we've been pals for a long time, and he's probably one of the first people to really believe in what I was doing. So thank you sincerely, and I'm just buttering you up Dude. right now. Yeah, for what's coming. But are you qualified to speak on behalf of Vortex Nation, Vortex Optics, when I ask hard questions? Uh, I would, uh, that would depend on the level of the hardness of the question, Dan. Here we go. Let's find out. So, oh my gosh, social media, love it or hate it. There are people that are going to love Vortex. There's going to be people that love to not love Vortex. And there's people that love the stuff I do. And I certainly know of a few that love to not love the stuff I do. Fair. You with me on this? I mean, I think that's uh, that's the world we live in today. That's anything, right? That's what I decided a while ago. Um, and I like Vortex content for the most part. Like, it's always fun. It's got an ailment or a component of like just the Midwest people that I have found out are the nicest people in planet Earth, for real. Just having a good time, not taking themselves too serious. Would you agree? I yes hashtag agree and you guys like have gotten good feedback on your content right like people enjoy the what what is Mark eating for lunch why does Mark um, Mark you're the target of a lot of this why is Mark wear thirty seven different puffies uh, you know and why does Mark's why won't Mark sell his Ford F one fifty and um, what other things have they targeted you about oh gosh uh, boy. Dan, I mean, just a, a litany of uh, examples of the uh, bullying that I experience okay. around here. Yeah. Uh, no, it's we keep, dude. We keep it pretty light around here. Like you said, you know, we take we take what we do very seriously, yeah. but we don't take ourselves too serious. You know, we like to have a good time around here. It, it's, uh, I think, you know, particularly in the marketing department, a light atmosphere like that uh, breeds creativity. It does. I mean, I can't count the times we've been joking around or. You know, you're having a conversation that might not even have to do with anything, but then all of a sudden it does have to do with something because it's just a rabbit trail of creativity and all of a sudden uh, something that you actually work to execute on is spawned out of, uh, you know, pure ridiculousness, right? Um, and uh, But yeah, I mean, it's uh, a good balance, I'd say. Yeah. You know? And you've been there for quite a while. So um, I think you and I started working together in 2010. So my math shows that's been a while. What? When did you first start working for Vortex Optics, and what was your entry level hire? What was your responsibilities? 
So gosh, I mean, Vortex was a very different company back then. Um, so I started working there, I want to say, I think early 2009, maybe maybe early eight or early nine. I know, I mean, I'm either going on 15 or 16 years here. So it's been, it's been a while and it's been cool to watch the evolution of the company um, and just, you know, see how it's grown, changed, products that we've come out with over time, evolutions of products themselves. Uh, and I mean, yeah, we've probably talked about this before, but you know, when I started, I mean, we all sat in the same room, you know, essentially it's, you know, you had huh. engineering, marketing, sales, uh, and, and, uh, pretty much everything in between. And probably everybody had about, you know, seven different hats that they wore at the same time. And, and, you know, as we've grown, we've been able to add more people, uh, more specialization. So I'm, I mean, gosh, when I when I started at Vortex, I, I was the you know uh, marketing manager, right? But that was you know media planning, media buying, copywriting, trade show planning, uh, donations. You know, I mean, and and probably a lot, and a lot of people at Vortex were even doing some of those things as well, right? I mean, definitely a group effort. It wasn't just like me doing those things. It was like yeah. everybody kind of did those things. And and uh, I mean, heck, I would even be involved in some of the uh, product development meetings, right? Like everybody just kind of did everything. Yep. Um, and like I said, you know, over time we've been able, we've grown people, added people, been able to specialize, um, all in an effort to serve our customers better. Right. I mean, that's, that's one thing. Uh, we are, we are a customer focused company. Uh, and I always say, man, if it doesn't make sense for the customer, it doesn't make sense for us. Um, I mean that, that is, you know, at the core of who we are from, from the products that we sell that, that the, you know, at the prices that we sell them at, at, uh, the service that we provide with with the warranty, at the the service we provide with just sheer information. I mean, we've got a crack squad downstairs, uh, ready to answer any question a person might have, and it, it might not even have to do with optics. You know, I mean, they're so well versed in, uh, you know, essentially everything hunting, uh, everything firearms, whether it's a new firearm, a vintage firearm. Uh, you know, mounting solutions for those firearms, what optics can be best, what optics can be best for the application that they're doing. Um, and, and so, and again, it's just to, to serve the customer. So what year did you guys like, this is your opinion only, not Vortex. This is my friend, Mark Boardman. What year did you like, feel like, Hmm, like it's, it's different. Like we've, we got market share or like, like wow, these are this is this is the definition of growing pains. What year was that for you, in your opinion? Golly, I mean that, that's a tough question. I mean, it, I feel like everybody, and like I said, I mean this is this is Vortex itself is just such a group team effort, and I, I feel like everybody just had their head down grinding for years, and then all of a sudden you kind of looked up and you're like, oh, whoa, you know, like a little headway here um i i guess I, I i do recall when i first started we went to the uh it was the nra show it was in uh phoenix so i don't know i don't really know what you that maybe that was 2009 probably 2009 um we had come out with the kaibab 15 by 56 binocular that year and uh i mean myself and paul niece uh, the niece, as we call them around here, uh, drove down to Phoenix in a minivan 
uh, uh, contained in the minivan was all of our product as well as our 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 booth display. Oh my God! That that uh, Sam, one of the owners of the company, uh, designed in whatever design program that he used at the time, and uh, built and fabricated. And uh, it was uh, myself, Paul, and we met uh, one of our sales reps down there. And for the week, predominantly, or you know, the extent of the show, I mean, there was definitely a lot of interest. I'd say, particularly in the Kaibab. I mean, talk about, I mean, that timed out just incredibly perfect to introduce that binocular in person. You know, in Phoenix. You know, essentially, uh, you know, that Arizona market that, in my opinion, is kind of like at least for me personally, like the birthplace of like tripod mounted binoculars, right? Uh, so there's a lot of interest in that product, but I'd say the question we answered most of the time is like, so who's Vortex? You know, what do you guys do? And and like you said, I can't remember what that turning point was, you know, year-wise or specifically, but, you know, it wasn't too many years later that people weren't asking that question anymore, mm-hmm. you know? And and like, oh, I've got this, this, and this, and this. And, you know, what are you coming out with this year? And you know, you're chatting with folks like, yeah, did you, you know a little bit about more of this than I do, you know? Like, uh, so, like I said, that's that's been fun to to watch uh, watch happen over time. Hmm. And you've been a part of the journey, man, so I just tip my hat to you. Um, so, out of everybody who has come and gone and still works for Vortex, who have you on your team, have you hunted with the most like shared a camp road tripped shared hunt details like who have you hunted with the most and maybe i know them maybe i don't uh so uh jim and i have done a few really fun trips uh we we bow hunted uh arizona we hunted wyoming we went on a on a doe antelope hunt out there uh and uh man just uh this year um you know eric and sawyer and i hunted uh Kodiak for blacktails. That was really, that was just an absolutely epic trip. Uh, we did a little turkey hunting together this year as well. Um, I'm trying to think. Interestingly enough, and, and uh, oh, Ryan Muckenhern and I done done a bit of hunting together. Uh, and uh, the uh, the niece has escaped me, though. He's he's my unicorn of uh, hunting with people around here. And I imagine we'll, we'll do it someday. We're kind of, you know, ships passing in the night at times. He's always niecing around, you know, going on this hunt or that hunt or whatever. But um, and probably maybe your listeners, you know, if you, if you tune into the Vortex Nation podcast. Oh, you asked the question. So our podcast is the Vortex Nation podcast. And, uh, yeah, we get Paul on it every once in a while. That's but, good. Yeah, like I said, we call him the niece. Paul's got a lot of hunting experience. That's awesome. Uh, well, guys, Mark's a busy man. And you guys are busy. and. So I got an email from Graham saying that we could leak stuff, uh, but this, so I will steal some of this to leak, but this podcast won't be live till October. So for you that saw the leak, cool. I've already leaked accidentally last Friday. I posted um, Full Draw Friday, which is something that Vortex does where you can print out the sheet and... Uh, you can follow along. I'm guaranteed to do it next year. So be on the lookout in August next year. It's a really cool idea, man. Like, uh, Mark, how'd you do on full draw? You guys had like bracketology and, uh, I imagine you did really well. The archer that you are, uh, you know, I made it through, I started off, uh, a little, so I, I made it through a few rounds, like, um, 
not not because of the way I shot. Uh, oh no 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 no! Here's, we better explain here's the what scoring I, system before we go any further. Go ahead. It. I mean, it's you know, it's it's a target. I think now you're testing me. I think it's a, a ten ring, a twelve ring, an eight, and I'm trying to remember. It's and 10, it's just it's simple nine, math. Eight, seven, six, whatever. And the bullseye is white, so that would be like your X for if you're shooting a Vegas face. It's white, and then like a ten. Still encompasses like that nine ten ring of a Vegas face, if you guys know what Vegas. So it's like pretty generous ten, like, but it's also the distance is back up, so it ain't like twenty yard chip shots. Uh, and so it's three arrows, and you get a score. So if Mark hits anywhere in the ten, three shots in a row, thirty points. And I imagine tiebreaker would be like hitting in the white, which is the center of the center. Is that correct or uh, essentially, essentially, yeah, something like yeah, that? Okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would say. It. So I went into it, Dan. I had, uh, and, and through no fault of the equipment, but uh, my sight was. Uh... Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This podcast is brought to you by Matthews Incorporated, Vortex Optics, Onyx Hunt, Peaks Equipment, Kufaru International, MagView, Wilderness Athlete, Buck Knives, Crispy Hunting, Stealth Cam, Marsupial, Born Primitive, Baku, Black Ovis, and Hard Work. Back to the podcast. Contorted a little bit, right? And I didn't have time to fix it before the... Uh, excuse me, Dan. I didn't make time to fix it well before the, uh, yeah. the the first round. And, uh, and so I was like, you know what? Here's the deal. I'll shoot. It's going to be one and done, and I'll be out of this thing. And, you know, it is what it is, and I need to get my bow tuned up and uh and somehow i still uh i won i won that round so then i was like oh great and i thought about like just making some adjustments and because the site was actually perfectly fine but then i had this other new site that i wanted to try so between that and the next round i put a new site on oh no and and then uh yeah got my pins like pretty close and uh you know like good enough got a got a 20 30 40 on it and uh, somehow uh, did good enough in that round. Again, it was not great shooting. I'm not. I'm not proud of my. Who's shooting. losing to hit... you so far? Who lost to you with a jacked up sight? Oh gosh! Let's throw them under the I bus. Can't rem- you know what? I I have no recollection at this. Convenient. Time, of, How about second who those round? People are uh, still no recollection. And then I think I either made it to the second or third round. But here's here's what I'd say about the process, though. <laughs> like as terrible as I shot. Uh, it forced me to like start thinking about it and getting getting ready early. And I will say, before the last round, the last round that I did win, I think that was like the thirty the thirty yard round. Um, I went out to I made some adjustments in my yard the night before. People probably don't even care about the story, but I'm gonna tell it anyway. So, <laughs> made some made some pin adjustments in my yard, which uh, I guess I think I'm pretty sure there's an ordinance against that. Uh, and uh. Um, I went out at lunch the next day. I said, well, I better see 
what my bow is doing. By God, Dan, at 30 yards, I greased like three in the X ring. I'm oh, like, well, that'll do. That'll work. And then, dude, then the pressure was on. Oh, yeah. They were filming. There was an audience. And I'm like, ooh, this pin is floating a lot more than it was at lunch. Yep. And then I and then I punched the trigger and I like I said I, somehow I actually won that round I shouldn't have but uh, it was it that was on me the bow was the bow inside was shooting fantastic yeah I I took on the assignment of posting to social or whatever and I what did I do I printed it out and I walked out there and I put up forty yards and. I felt pressure because I had like I had put a GoPro by the target 40 yards away. So it's rolling. I walked all the way back. I used that little spotting scope we're about to talk about with the mag view on it. So I had like digiscope, boom, and my phone's rolling. And then I got a DSLR behind me and I got it rolling. And I'm like, all right. And it's like cameras are rolling. I got to get this done. And I'm solo. So I'm like, okay. And I go and I pull back and I'm like. Dude, that little white dot looked so far away at 40 yards. (laughs) And I got thrown into the 40-yard week. I was like, where's the 20? Like, I hadn't shot the 20 or the 30. So, like, it was like, I don't know. To be honest with you, man, I'm pretty horrible at holding on dots. Like, I'm not a great dot holder, Vegas guy. I'm more like a foam. Like, that's where the vitals are. Blur it out. Just kind of let the – but anyways, it was good. I shot a 29. I was real pleased with it, and I was like – I couldn't tell that I shot a 29 from 40 yards away on my deck. So I had to like walk down and I'm just like, please, 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 please don't embarrass yourself. I got there. I was like, okay. I was happy. But um, then I, when we were all done and said, I was like, this is why you do this. It is so healthy to have an in heightened perception of pressure for no reason other than like hunting's all about that pressure. And we are all like the best in our backyards, myself included. So I think it's something, not that my opinion matters, Mark, but I really like that you guys do it. I think we should do like a winter league challenge or something this winter with Vortex, like indoor, like in your basement, something fun just to get the, like bust out some reps. But I would love to help out with that. But anyways, you did good. You made it through three rounds, correct? I, I think two or yeah, two or three. Two or three, something like that. So yeah, I shot. I lost when I shot forty yards. So I guess I made it through two, and then uh, that's good. Died in there, but like, but like you said, like it was like it was a really cool exercise, and and uh, as much as you know, we're just you know being like, and we're not taking this too serious. I mean, a lot of people are shooting their bow for the first time. They're like, oh yeah, you know, blowing the dust off. Let's go do this, right? But it kind of forces you to do that maybe a little earlier than you might. And like you're talking about with that pressure, I mean, that pressure is real and my takeaway for myself was like okay so like i an hour ago or three hours ago like i shot like just smooth as silk like i mean probably as good as i can shoot right and then that pressure i was like okay so is that my like is this my default when it's go time like i really need to start working through my shot process and solidifying my shot process and you know being able to like almost like tune out that pressure and just you know, focus on executing that good shot. So I don't know. I, I definitely had some takeaways. It, it was a, I would call it a useful exercise. Yeah. I love it. Uh, you guys are awesome. Keep up the good ideas. Um, and then the last thing I'm going to say, I like your winter league idea. Oh yeah. I, man. I like your winter. For real. Like, uh, I have threatened to do an actual winter league year after year. I even have a target bow. Um, 
I've yet to do it. So like I'm I kind of just advertising to everybody right now. If it's about end of December and hunting season's over, why don't you send me a little message on the old IG and be like, hey, Dan, are you signed up for Winter League? I need some accountability. I need to do it. I need to shoot a full round of Vegas, get a score, get a baseline, and then start bolstering that and uh, work through that. That's my that's my goal. So I wanted to talk to you today, 35 minutes later, we finally get to what I I wanted to get you on here was like, Vortex got some new drops. And uh, I have one item I can see on out of all those that I have right now. And I will say for the record that it is obsoleted. I think that's or obsolete, obsoleted. I don't know how you would say yeah. something that I not I thought was not possible to do. And I went, I just, lo- I, I saved two pounds basically in my pack, which doesn't sound like much to many, but for you veteran OG people out there, y'all know two pounds is two pounds, man. So, um, I'm really excited to get into this. You guys have been busting your ass. You got some new drops. This is the part of the podcast people actually want to listen to. Mark, let's get into some of the new things from Vortex and you're hearing it here first. Let's go. Man, I like it. Uh, Dan, like you uh, alluded to, this is a product we've been working on for years, right? So this is the new Razer HD uh, 13 to 39 by 56 spotting scope, okay? Uh, comes in an angled and a straight. It's uh, Previously, we had the uh, the Razer HD 11 to 33, right? And that's uh, the current, I guess the past current version, uh, was a uh, almost like a leftover of the previous Razer HD series. Now, the reason for that, it was an awesome spotting skill. It was phenomenal. Optically, it did amazing. It was incredibly lightweight. Uh, and when we updated Less the Razer line of spotting skills... I believe is that... I just yeah. weighed it recently, mm-hmm. and I think it's just under two pounds. Right, right. And uh, so our goal, we had to make it better, right? <laughs> yeah. And it took a while to come up with the optical design, uh, industrial design, to make significant enough improvements to this spotting scope's predecessor to to make it you know essentially worthwhile. And like, yeah, this is a significant, meaningful update, right? If it wasn't going to be that, we weren't going to do it. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of work and design and test and eval. Um, and, and here we have it. It's, it's the new Razer HD, uh, 13 to 39 by 56. So this thing's coming in at, um, essentially like right at 29 ounces, right? So sub, you know, sub, sub two pounds, um, lightweight, compact, optically, it absolutely kills it. Uh, in my opinion, the, the zoom range on it is, uh, in, in a bracket that's probably the most useful and even in my bigger spotting scopes it's probably i spent the majority of my time between 13 and 39 or 13 and 40 uh so from a magnification standpoint uh you know you're you're not losing a whole lot there um man it it'll fit in about any pocket in your pack i mean this it could fit in the top lid of your pack likely depending on what pack you have uh it's got an Arca foot on it, so if you've got a you know a, your tripod, if it's it's equipped to um, fit an Arca plate, you don't even need to put a plate on it; it's going to slide right in. I can't say enough good things about it. I mean, I think for me, for a lot of my hunts, not all of them, uh, there's there, there's certainly hunts where the where the sixty five or the eighty five are going to be 
the way to go. Like they're unequivocally a, a the better choice, right? But for if you're trying to go light and fast, do backcountry stuff, shave weight, this is a phenomenal option. And Dan, a lot of people, uh, the price is always uh, a question. It's going to retail for nine ninety nine. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So okay, let me sell it for you, Mark. <clears throat> and I'm gonna come, please do. Yeah, I'm gonna come at a different angle. So the predecessor obviously means that the protege has got to be better. You did that. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. I didn't use the old, the old one very much because honestly, I couldn't get that much into my glass. At the end of the day, when I would go to Nevada and do alpine mule deer, or if I'd go to the desert floors and chase, you know, antelope, I'm a lot of times I use a spotting scope not to decipher trophy quality. That's not me. I am bringing a spotting scope to get content and to get like digiscoping video of animals so people can see that kind of stuff and that albeit useful for hunting it wasn't that useful for getting good quality video footage so i would pack the razor 65 and it's not heavy but it's also not light and it does have a pretty big footprint like it's like on my hoodlum from kufaru it will take up majority of my side pocket i can fit like one other item in there and then, so I open this box and I bust out this 56 millimeter and I'm like, there's, I'm just expecting it to be like, not that good of video quality when I throw a digiscope on. So I put a mag view on it and I set it up and I was like, I think we were filming and I, and I'm like, oh, this was on video. I'm like, oh, I'm not using my 65 this year. <laughs> and that's not like easy for me to break up with my favorite spotting scope for the last however many years but i made that decision instantaneously and then i put i bust that out of scale and i'm like oh i my tripod and spotting setup is at 4.8 pounds and now it is like just barely over two pounds for the spotting scope and the tripod i just shaved that weight and then the footprint alone i have i have both my tripod and my spotting scope in one pocket of my backpack and I can get it. So you guys nailed this one. My question for you, and I'm just not that smart. Why do people buy straight spotting scopes? I've never, I just never understood that. They are, they are a little bit more intuitive, right? So I'd say overall, I prefer an angled spotting scope. Uh, They're a little bit more intuitive for subject acquisition, right? It's a little bit more like pointing your finger. Sure. Um, I, I think, you know, oftentimes they maybe fit in a pocket a little bit better. Certainly. You know, when you have the, the eyepiece attached, it's just, you know, you can see here with the two examples here, you've got just kind of like the straight is a little bit more streamlined form factor. Uh, if you're doing a lot of car window mount stuff, um, a straight is, you know, a great option just because it's, you know, you can you can definitely make an angled spotting scope work from a car window, but a straight is it's going to be more conducive to that. Um and some people just like it better. I mean, or maybe it's those reasons or other reasons. Um, but I'd say oftentimes, you know, from what I hear, it's about 50-50 on what... Yeah. Is this the first you time know, what, you guys have made the integrated Arca Swiss part of the platform? Meaning you don't need, guys, you don't need a plate to screw on. It It's compatible with 90% of tripods out there that are built for Arca Swiss. Is this the first time? So... It, 
it's not so the other razor models do this as well in fact i think you know pretty much our spotting scopes as they get updated and i think most of them are this way now are are getting to have that just be a consistent you know consistent feature and some of that is because over time the industry itself begins to like you know kind of flesh out or develop a standard you know what i mean like there there was a time when you know that arca was just like not as popular as it is today so it was like oh this this tripod has this this tripod has this this brand has this this brand has this and it feels like just over time you know not necessarily like a you know a, a collective meeting of the minds but it's just kind of standardized itself to where that's definitely one of the more popular ones that that you see out there Wow, you guys nailed it. Now, on the angled, do you guys have, mine's in my pack right now, but does it have the ability to rotate on angle so that you could manipulate that for, maybe maybe you're crawling up to a ledge and you don't want to peek and stand straight up, but you want to get that angle manipulated. Can you do that with the new spotter? So with with the 65 and the 85 it does have a rotating collar on on the uh the 56 it does not have that. So if that's something you're looking for then you may want to or if that's a really important feature to you then then you may want to um you know get one of those other models. But I I think uh I don't know, I don't do that that often I guess. Yeah, I don't either, but I have had instances where that would come into play, but very rarely. Um okay. Pretty much on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm going to give this a 9.9 as far as my stoke for something that you guys came out with. Like, uh, it's just, I I don't know. I guess I just had no idea of the how badass this little spotter is, man. For the Out West guy who's weight conscientious but still doesn't, like, I could use that optics to find bedded animals out west in the middle of the day when the light is harsh and there's lots of shade and I'm looking for a flicker of an ear uh, or a little bit of a tail or something or a tine. I could use that and I can't know. I don't know if I could say that for the one previous. So great job. Yeah, it's it's definitely something where the the, the predecessor was for I feel like for those in the know, like it was a go-to, but I think it was overlooked because people like, ah, can something that big, you know, really, really do that well? Or and and this is just taking that to the to the next level. Uh, like I said, we weren't going to make the change until it was going to be real significant change, and and the product development team definitely did that. Like I said, the optics are absolutely stunning. I mean, you're talking about glassing through it, you're talking about filming through it. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a special optic, and I think it's going to find its way into the packs of of a lot of folks that are. Um, it's going to be the one that I carry, you know. Yep. At least I'd say predominantly. Like I said, you know, and I guess I've got a different example. Uh, I'm going on a bear hunt here in a couple weeks. I did a similar hunt two years ago, and on that hunt, I just brought a tripod and a set of twelves. You know, it's a backcountry hunt, trying to go light and fast, shave weight. Bears aren't like you know, super crazy, hard to spot. Um, and we were glassing at some, you know, fairly extreme distances, but now I will bring a spotting scope. Yeah. I'm like, eh, for the, for the extra 29 ounces. Yeah. I'm going to throw the spotter in. And again, like you said, to either get a better look or, um, you know, evaluate something, uh, to film through it. Like all of a sudden the weight penalty is like, yeah, I'll take that. It, you know, exactly. that's a way, that's the best way to say it. Good job, man. Um, all right, I guess I guess we can move on. Just wanted again, I'm just so stoked on this. 
Great job, Vortex. I'm super proud. Uh, what else do you guys got going on? Uh, boy, another new one. Cool product. We've got the uh, the switchback tripod here. I'll kind of lower it down into at least our camera here. Um, really cool carbon tripod. Uh, it's uh, I call it a hybrid, right? It's you can definitely glass off it. Um, it's got a like a it's got a ball head on it, but you can also pan with it as well. Uh, and then again, Arca uh, on the top. And so it's also an excellent shooting tripod. Mm-hmm. So shooting off of a tripod is getting a lot more popular these days. Uh, everybody's looking to either just get more stable, more accurate, potentially increase their effective range. You know, long range stuff, incredibly popular, whether that's uh, competitive shooting or, or like I said, increasing your effective range when you're in the field. Uh, so this is a phenomenal tripod for shooting off of and glassing off of. It's a, it's a very unique head design on it. Uh, coming in at, I mean, if, you, if you're watching on YouTube, you're like, oh, man, that's a pretty robust tripod. That thing's big. Uh, and it is. And it can get really high and it can get really low. Uh, again, very handy for, for shooting or glassing at, at times. Oh, but it's only 4.6 pounds. So for how big it is and for what it's capable of, uh, definitely lightweight. Um, working itself into my kit personally, like I see... Uh, like coyote hunting, things like that. You know, you got your hands uh, tied up doing hand calls, but, you know, you've got your rifle on the tripod, uh, some sort of, uh, you know, you got a, either an integrated arca rail or an aftermarket arca rail on that, boom, it's going to slip in right on mm. top, torque it down, it's going to be at the ready. Um, you got that ball head. I mean, so you've just got, you know, essentially infinite angles and adjustment. Uh, it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be a handy piece, and I think a lot of folks are, are going to like it. If I was an outfitter, I'd definitely consider carrying it with me on hunts uh, for clients. Uh, great for youth, kids, ground blinds. Uh, it's cool. And, actually, it's got this uh, little uh, puck-type adapter, so you can actually swap out that head, pop this guy in, and then you can put on any any aftermarket head that you want. So if you're like, oh man, I'm, I bought this for uh, uh, predominantly for shooting off of, but now I'm going to go on this trip and I really want to glass off this leg set. Uh, you can just put a different head on there and, and uh, glass away with like, maybe you've got like a pan head that you really like. That's a little bit different than this. You can, you, it's an easy swap. So it's very, very simple. Okay. And you guys are no strangers to the tripod market. I have some of your first ones, those big old chunks of aluminum back in the day. And man, you guys have very, very much been aggressive on the carbon market and getting things that um, are built to last and the VIP warranty that follows it. It's um, it's a good. So if you guys are looking to lighten up your tripod, they have a lot of offerings, carbon twos, um, a whole a whole host of tripods. This is just going to add to the family and I think that one's, I'm going to have to send you my uh, address. I want that one. But uh, anyways, you guys are continuing to kill the game on tripods, and that's awesome. Um, we should probably talk about the VIP warranty just because that's a box I feel like we should probably check. Um, I know people that listen and watch, are they're working hard for their money. Maybe their money is just not as valuable as it used to be. Maybe. 
And so it really <laughs> question mark question mark not really exclamation mark. So it's like really cool when you <laughs> can kind of have a fail safe know that a company is going to stand behind their product. You want to talk about the VIP warranty? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I always say we work really hard to build our products so a person never needs to use the warranty, right? And I'd say by and large, most people never do. But uh, but we the VIP warranty, like I said, we're customer focused, right? If you're a Vortex customer. We want to take care of you. Uh, we actually mean it. Uh, again, we've got a team of people in place to, to execute on that should you ever need our service in that regard. And it truly is. It's a lifetime, unconditional, no fault, transferable, no paperwork to fill out. I mean, if you... And it, it's uh, when we say no fault, it's no fault. I mean, we've had wild things happen and you know, we either uh, repair or replace that optic. And, and the team that repair stuff, it's crazy what they can do. Like there's been stuff that I'm like, no way. And they're like, oh no, we can fix that. I'm like, okay, I guess you can fix that. Um, so it's not, it's not like some like, oh, we just replace it, replace it. Like they, I mean, they can tear a binocular down and put it back together from its smallest screw, the rubber housing, everything. So, um, yeah, if you're a Vortex customer, we're going to take care of you. We realize that oftentimes these things, if something does happen to it, it's going to be in the heat of battle, maybe the middle of the hunting season when you need it most. Uh, and we work hard to get things back to folks uh, as soon as possible. And I'd say, um, man, I'm going to be generous here, and I'm going to say inside of two weeks, and oftentimes it's well inside of that. Once we receive it, we want it back in your hands in working order as soon as possible. Yep, say no more. And I love that it's not, you know, it doesn't matter, guys, if you bu- if I bought that spotter from Mark on Facebook Marketplace, that, that shit follows me wherever I go. It's not like, oh, you didn't buy it. Like, what's your proof of purchase? Like he said, there's no red tape. There's no like silly hoops to jump through. There's no gimmicks. There's no frills. Just straight up good, good stuff that uh, I don't see a lot of other companies doing. So anyways, as you were, what else do you got, homeboy? Man, we got a lot of stuff here. I'll try and crank through it. Spent so much time uh, lollygagging talking about uh, my my whitetail woes there, Dan. But uh, this is another cool one. This is the uh, the Triumph 10 by 42 binocular. The cool thing about this one, lots of cool things about this one. Optically, it does an amazing job. Uh, aesthetically, I think it's awesome. It's feature rich. It also uh, comes in at ninety nine dollars, which what? And I've said I've said this other times when I heard we were going to come out with a ninety nine. Like our target was like, hey, we want to come out with a ninety nine dollar binocular. I've told this story before different places, but dude, and this is honest. I was like, I don't know if that's a good idea. Like to me, I'm like, I don't know if that's Vortex. Like what can we provide a customer for $99? Um, it's actually spooky. Uh, what they were able to do with this binocular. It, it does extremely well optically. Like I said, the, the form factor is great. The focus wheel is smooth, twist up eye cops, purged, waterproof, fogproof, shockproof, all the things. And it retails for ninety nine bucks. Uh, so for a person who needs a quality binocular, but maybe doesn't have the coin to drop on, you know, one of our upper tiers of binoculars. And I always say, I mean, that's one thing I think we excel at. If I'm going to toot our own horn, is like we have, we try to have something for everybody, uh, and and that includes, you know, what I call our entry point, which I guess this would be our, you know, our entry point all the way onto optics that compete at that true top tier alpha class level, right? Um, and in some instances, I think it's the best optic oh. on the market uh, for the application. But, you know, if, you, if you've got $99 to spend, you know, 
we're trying to provide the best $99 binocular out there. And, and this one, it uh, outperforms its price point handily. Uh, if anybody is skeptical, uh, I would encourage them to go to their, their retailer and, and look through them uh, themselves. And and uh, not just, you know, in the store, you know, but in those critical low light periods as well. Uh, it does it does a really nice job. You know, is it going to do the same thing that our Razer UHD does? Absolutely not, right? They're, they're, they're not... They're not the same thing. They're not the same animal, but um, in the same breath, I, I think a person would be incredibly impressed. If you've got, like I said, whether, whether you don't have a, a ton of coin to drop, maybe uh, you've got a youngster that needs a full-size binocular, not a youngster, but like a you know, teenager, uh, you need a good optic, that's a full-size optic. Uh, I mean, that's this is a, a great starting point. Uh, if you need a truck binocular, binocular at the cabin. Uh, man, I'd look at this one. I'd take a hard look at this one. I think it's going to, uh, do a lot of things a person needs to do. Yeah, dude. And honestly, you could just throw that in the cab of your truck. I mean, not the cab, but like in your console, you know, you're driving or whatever you see a deer. Hey kids, check this out. Like, I hate when my kids grab my UHDs. I'm like, don't get those boogered up. You know what I mean? Like that's where I make my money is with my bino. So, uh, I saw, oh, Shed Crazy did a little reel with those and he was handing them out to his kids and they were glassing. And I was like, yeah, man, that's so cool. I I don't know. I, I think that's awesome. I'm not saying it's a little kid's bino. I'm saying, guys, nothing will trump hunting experiences. So if you're handicapped by budget, don't spend your money, get some tags. Those will get the job done and start working on your hunting skills and your hunting game. And then you can level up down the road. You know, especially like my market, my, uh, my numbers show that my audience is ages 24 to 48. Uh, maybe you're 24 and you just got out of college and you owe some money. You haven't landed that real career yet, dude. Don't let, don't let your budget get in the way. Pick those up and get going and you'll be fine. And, uh, w- when you're down the road, then you can bump into the UHD category, whatever. All right. What else you got, bud? All right. Uh, no, I'm a hundred percent. Uh, man. So this is a new one, Dan. Uh, I don't think you're going to put this on your bow. This is the new uh, Impact 4000 rail-mounted ballistic rangefinder. I think I got that right. Uh, there's a lot going on in the name, and there's a lot going on in the unit. So uh, essentially, you're going to mount this uh, on top of your rifle scope. Uh, you, you zero it. Uh, to work, you know, congruently with your rifle scope. So your center crosshair is going to line up with the rangefinder itself. Uh, there's an app that comes with it. You can enter your ballistic data via the app, but it's also a standalone unit. So you can also enter any information you need to just on the unit itself. Uh, it's got atmospheric sensor sensors. It's got uh, our wind bearing capture mode. Uh, and essentially, what it's going to do is uh, you look through. Once you get it set up, you look through the optic, you use your crosshair for aiming, you can use the uh, the remote here, which you can either hold or also mount on your rifle, lays your target, it's going to spit out your ballistic solution, wind call, uh, with taking everything into account, and you never have to come off the gun, just peek up, boom, you've got the, the screen right there, and uh, execute the shot and it's it's crazy how accurate it is and it's amazing how confident you are in that range like you know like heat of battle you're like 
you know, maybe you're moving a little bit, you know, maybe you're having to like, you know, rearrange or like, ah, oh, let's confirm or let me put it on. Excuse me. I just, I'm getting excited, Dan. I hit the mic with my hands. Uh, you're, you know, like whatever, like I'll put my, um, range finder and just, you know, hold down the button and hit scan mode, maybe pan back and forth a little bit, be like, yep. Okay. That's the range that I'm going to go off, man, with this thing. I mean, you're just so rock steady. You're like, lays it. That's it. Get your ballistic solution. Uh, dial your turret, execute the shot. Or, you know, or, or hold, you know, depending on your reticle. Are we in the future right now? <sighs> We've arrived. Holy We've smokes, arrived. bro. And everything, everything I said, I'm sure that's not even everything the unit does. Like, it's, it's a really cool piece. Um, I'd say one thing that it does extremely well, it holds zero. It's repeatable. So you could take it off your rifle and put it back on your rifle. It's going to hold at zero and still be paired with that rifle scope. It's incredibly durable. Uh, we've shock tested the heck out of this thing. I think, you know, maybe some comparable um, units on the market. Maybe that was, you know, the repeatability and the durability were issues. So those are definitely things that we attacked with this unit. And uh, it's cool, man. Like it's doing, it's doing a lot of things. Moving on. I'm, I'm still kind of like, I got nothing. I'm just like, we just went to the future and uh you guys keep obsoleting all of my stuff i already have like i'm just like what the frick slow down pump the brakes that's our job you know it's funny that you say that because oftentimes like we come out with something and you're like oh man i can't believe it and then you hear like whisperings of like ideas for the future and you're like what the heck anyway but that's cool units so man uh everything from i think you know uh there's just a lot of situations from hunting to other situations that it would be, you know, incredibly useful for. Um, we are talking about the, uh, the triumph 10 by 42, you know, not being an economical, but not kids binocular. But Dan, what if you did need a kid's binocular? Well, then we have the Bantam six and a half by 32, because by gosh, when you're taking your kids in the field, nothing makes them feel more a part of the experience than having their own binocular that's made just for them. Uh, optically the six and a half to 32 does, again, it does really well. It's lightweight. Uh, it's designed to have a, a, a tight interpupillary distance. So it's going to fit, you know, the facial structure of kids. Uh, we have one at our house right now. It sits outside. The kids pick it up all the time. We've got like a, kind of like some water in the backyard, looking at ducks, this, that, the other. Um, and it truly puts them in the game. You know, instead of trying to fumble with maybe dad's binoculars, it doesn't fit. I can't yeah. see through it. Um, that lower power is going to be more friendly to look through, uh, e- easier for subject acquisition. Um, you know, I think it's, it's a challenge we face these days, you know, getting youth involved in the outdoors. And I think this is like a really cool way to help facilitate that and improve and just improve their outdoor experience, whether you're hunting or just general observing, going on a hike. Um, really cool binocular. That's what Shed Crazy was doing a video on. It was that one. Oh, it may man. not have been, it may, it, it might, it was probably the try. It probably was the triumph. And huh. again, like it's going to be good for that too, as long as you know, but, um, yeah, no, I want to get the littler yeah. one for my kids' face. Like my Avery, your Avery, they're similar in ages. I would love to just, they're always grabbing mine and they can't really do acquisition very well. It's like, Oh, like I see black dad. I can't. And I'm like super frustrated. It's the facial features for sure. So, and they do want to be a part and they'll, instantly be a part of it and um i'll be honest i i have an agenda i am planting seeds i'm trying to water certain seeds i'm 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 not ashamed to admit it this will help that i uh so one little anecdotal story with that binocular so 
this was months ago and we were doing some testing with it. They handed us, you know, some, some early samples. My uh, oldest daughter and I, who I guess she would have been nine at the time, eight or nine, uh, did a little rabbit hunting. We're on our way back and I spot a deer that was uh, like eight, 900 yards away. And it was like, you know, it was like, you know, somewhat out in the open, but on the edge of a, a field. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, uh, Mara, there's a deer out there. I'm like, why don't you pick up your binoculars to find it? And I was like, and I went to like, I was expecting to really have to talk her into it. And she's like, oh, I see it. And I was like, oh, those things work really well. <laughs> That's freaking awesome, dude. And I, I so, live for that day. That day is coming for me and I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's cool. I missed. I did miss something earlier, Dan. So with the Triumph HD 10x42s that retail for $99, they also come with the glass pack, right? So, wow. which, I, you know, off the top of my head, I can't remember what that retail is for. I think it's like 30 or 40 bucks. So it's coming with that. If you were to buy that standalone, it's a tough deal to beat. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you're in the market for something like that, so... Um, what else? What else? Too many things on the table, Dan. I think we're getting close. We've got the new, uh, vinyl harness here, the new, uh, glass pack pro vinyl harness. Um, very functional, uh, comfortable, carries load. Well, uh, intuitive pockets, you know, all the things that you're looking for in a, in a quality vinyl harness. Open that up for a second. Can you just like pull it down and let me look into there. Let me uh, tilt it for the camera so I can look in there. Oh, dang. Okay, uh, and then flip it on the back side. You got a pocket on the backboard. Yep. Okay, you guys are intuitive. Ooh, sides. So yeah, I've, yeah. It's gonna be uh, you know fleece line, quiet uh, flip forward. Um, it's good. There's uh, you know two sizes, so this would be the bigger of the two. Uh, so this one's going to fit like your, uh, 12s. you know, your 12 by fifties, your 10 by fifties. Um, the smaller one, you know, you're going to get your eight by 42, 10 by 42 in there, a little bit smaller frame binocular. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty stoked. I'm stoked on that one though. I think it's, I think it's going to do well. So, man, I will say we can have this conversation. I don't want to go down a rabbit hole too deep, so I'm going to just tread lightly. But, um, a lot of times when I go elk hunting specifically in open country, I take the 12s over the 10s and it doesn't sound like much, but the 12 by 50s literally open up a little bit more of a whole new world for me that the 10s cannot simply do. Would you agree or am I dead wrong? So, no, you're not dead wrong at all. I mean, like you said, on any, you know, open landscape, Western hunt where I feel I'm going to be spending, you know, no or minimal time like in the timber uh man i i like those i like the 12s um you can't mistake uh the versatility of a 10 by 42 though like no doubt. if i was if i was still going to pick a if i was going to still going to pick a do all for me personally it's going to be a 10 by 42 100% um but a 10 by 42 and a 12 by 50 and a, a person can do some pretty serious work mm. amen all right as you were this is fun by the way Yes. No, I like it. I think, Dan, I think we've covered, at least from what I can tell, all of the new stuff that's going to be out when this podcast launches. So when does this drop? Are all of it dropping at once or are we trickling? I know the the 56mm spotter drops September 1st. If I'm not mistaken. I mean, yeah, essentially August 31st, September 1st, right in there. 
Um, and then, yeah, it's going to be kind of uh, some uh, a couple other things are going to launch that day, and then some other things are going to you know trickle trickle throughout. Uh, so yeah, it'll be a little bit of a staggered launch, which keeps it interesting around here. Um, and uh, yeah, I just I just know everybody's super excited about these things, and I I think like you, uh, that fifty six millimeter razor spotter is that's the shining star for me personally. It's the thing that I've. Uh, known about for a while, have been anticipating, wanting, maybe bugging uh, the product <laughs> development team. Where's this thing's at? Uh, and uh, yeah, they might they might uh, tell you the same thing. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, I mean I, I this is like a game changer for me. You know, it, it doesn't rule out the need for the other ones, but it just oh man for the for the size weight optical quality it just opens up a whole new world you know and and sometimes the weight and space your spotter takes up is the difference between taking it um at least it is for me because i'm a pansy when it comes to weight dan um you just don't really have an excuse not to carry it now and it's so the 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 level of performance that it gives you is i mean it's truly astounding like i i would tell anybody who is like "Eh, is that like Again, is it going to do everything the big dogs are? You know, as far as like you know the the like the eighty five. No, but it does a lot. It does a lot. Mm, price points right on there too, and that's what's important to a lot of people is to get bang for their buck. Um, all right, Mark Boardman, Vortex Optics. We've we've been chit chatting here for over an hour, so I'm going to get down to the I last know. last little bit here. This is it. Um, first off, what pill are you popping? On your Alaska bear hunt this year, what are you taking for? What's your cartridge? Or what's your choice there? So, um, so this is Washington, Dan. Oh, that's where I'm, that's where I'm heading. You're this coming year. home. I'm coming home. Yeah, Hell yeah, back to the motherland. Hey, buy two. I did bear hunt tanks. Alaska. By the way, I hunted Alaska. I probably should. Um, Please do. I'm going to work through the first one, and then we'll reassess. Uh, gosh, uh, two years ago now, I think, and I brought the old 300 wisdom. You know. Uh, that's, that's my go-to. That's probably my favorite cartridge of all time. Uh, there I've said it, it's out there. I think on this one though, uh, gonna, uh, run a, uh, which I haven't run before a six, eight Western. So going to give that a try. So who knew? I didn't know you were going to do that. Yeah. So, uh, and, uh, yeah, so I don't know. I like trying new things for the sake of trying new things. And then I'll probably just revert back to my 300 short, but, uh, yeah, it should be fun. A lot of people don't do this, but I'm going to do this right now publicly. And I'm going to invite everyone to come to my state, Washington, and get a bear tag over the counter or two. Yes. Two. And come help us with our bear density issue. We have a lot of them. They took away our spring bear hunt. Mark's a former resident. His roots are in Washington state. And a lot of people don't do that. They don't invite you to their state. I will, because I got you. Help us with our predator management and um, come get a post huckleberry season bear. Your freezer will thank you. Can you believe that? A hundred percent, Dan. I'm a little uh, conflicted with your advertisement there, uh, just purely for personal reasons. But uh, What's your but dates, yeah, I mean, Mark? I, I when think- are you coming? Yeah, right. Um, Because I'm going to invite them to come uh, right afterwards. Next question. Uh, (laughs) But you're right. I mean, like, not to get, you know, like, boy, talk about a whole other can of worms. Like you said, they took away the spring season, uh, in my opinion, and I think it's pretty accurate, based on uh, zero thing, zero in regard to sound wildlife management. Uh, You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a shame. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great state for bear hunting. I love bear hunting. Like I, I personally, like I love bear hunting, Dan, like not, uh, 
stay even more long-winded here. And I don't want to disappoint you. I don't want to hurt you. I'm somewhat conflicted myself here. But I love high country bear hunting so much that I actually didn't plan an archery elk hunt this year because I knew I was going to bear hunt. That's how much I love bear hunting. Hey, you're doing it in my home state. I thank you. We are the new ground zero for this new angle of, I'm just going to call it what it is, anti-hunting movement where you get people on the Wildlife Council Commission that make decisions that are not qualified and have an agenda that is completely the antithesis to hunting. We're doing it in my state here. Colorado's doing it right now where governors appoint people, not through a judiciary, not through an election, but through just an appointeeship where they can have the power to outvote the people on the commission that do believe in the North American model of conservation. Look at me, man. I'm spitting fire right now. And you guys need to all join organizations like Sportsman's Alliance, how.org and others that are have a pulse on this and that are combating through our numbers and our communications to our elected officials that this is not sound wild, like wildlife management. I, for one, love ungulates, would love to see more. I understand the predator-prey relationship and ratios. It's just you can't leave those unchecked. And currently in my state, we don't have a spring bear season. We do not have a wolf season. We have some serious wolf objectives that concern me based on the breeding pair numbers. And there's a good reason why I don't even hardly hunt my own home state, which hurts my feelings a lot because I love this state. I do. I know you do too. From a landscape perspective, it's absolutely amazing. And, and like you said, you can't if you can't manage one and not the other. It, you know it, it, the system is going to break down. It's not going to work. And, and like you said, what's happening on these commissions? I mean, it's just it's so it's so blatant and and in the open. But it's working. Uh, unfortunately, it's working. Uh, they're not required to listen to your DNR. I mean, they uh, they they take that into consideration, but I, I can imagine it's incredibly frustrating for state biologists to put in the work, to do the research, to essentially say, here are the correct answers on a silver platter, and then having that completely disregarded for an agenda. Mm. Mark Boardman, I value your friendship. I value... You as a human being, you're one of my favorite people I've ever met. I love just you, just your passion for hunting and helping others. And I want to thank you personally for your time today. Guys, if you get a chance, head over to Vortex's website, check out the stuff, or head to a dealer, put your eyes into some of this stuff. We wish you the best of luck. I know the time of this podcast, some of you are just starting your rifle hunts. Good luck. Grind it out. For those that just got back from your archery hunts, Check out some of this stuff if you're looking to offset, off upgrade some of your stuff after the season. I know that's a good time. Or if you want to buy for somebody an early Christmas present, check it out. We appreciate your support, separations, and the preparation. We'll catch you on the next one. Awesome, guys. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. We are going to drop a September recap pod, bonus pod soon. I don't know when, as soon as I can get the time to sit down and crank that out and give you guys a blow-by-blow of the season. Hopefully your season's still going strong. You have a lot of options when it comes to podcasts. Thanks for choosing us. We appreciate your support. Separations in the preparation. We'll catch you on the next one.